0: Welcome to Shas Illuminated. Please enjoy the following she'er. Let's start with the Yisayid. That will be our first piece. Let's move on to a Dvar Moser. That will be our second piece. And then we'll end with something interesting, and that will be our third piece for tonight. Okay, so we'll start with the Yisayid. Just to have the... Uh, this say is very important for the beginning of Parashat Um We're going to be discussing a piece of very, very, very early history. It's interesting, Dr. Hack. The, there's such a thing as as talking about prehistoric times. Well, we don't have such a thing because our record of history starts with Brias Island. So the term prehistoric is not an... Not an Orthodox Jewish term. I'm um. willing to accept that. Interesting. No, it's interesting. But anyway, so at the, but it, lo, that's what I'm saying. At the very beginning of history, um, and the, I'm quoting to you something that's written by the Ramchal. The Ramchal is Rav Moshe Chaim the author of the Mesillat Yesharim, and it's something that he writes in his Sefer that I learned with uh, Rav Shraga Feivel called Derech Hashem. We learned Derech Hashem together, right? Um, and and it's a it's very important that you cite. Say he says as follows: When Adam Harishan was created, he was created with a body and a neshama, a neshama and a guf. Now says the Ramchal, very interesting thing about how the laws of physics worked when Adam Arishan was created. There's a neshama and a guf, and the idea was that the neshama would lift up the guf and be Makadeshit. Says the Ramchal that when Adam Arishan was created, the teva of the world was such that if a person would use his guf in the service of his neshama, the guf would actually become more spiritual. Not that it would be considered more spiritual, or it would actually become less physical. Less basar Vidam. And it would be neskadesh, and and it would become, it would be mehapach l'rochnius. Interesting, no? So, um... So if, if you so um, a a an Amat is nifter and a Tzadik is nifter. So yeah there are different stories of various kinds of Nisim and so on, but but Klal, they both leave behind the body. The body is the same in terms of the way HaKadosh Baruch Hu looks at that body, you could be sure that it's not the same. Just like the tables in this base Medrash, if you have a table like this in your house, it certainly has absorbing less Kedusha, as Kaddish as our houses are, than a table in a base Medrash. Of course, the Eitzim the vaavanim that are used, the, the, if you take that R in Kedush and you take it apart, which we've had some experience, was taking apart our kaddishes here, okay? This big shilas had what to do with the wood, and you're not allowed to use it to build anything else because it's a physical thing that was used in the service of kedusha. Even a piece of wood has a din of kedusha. But the wood, if you would send it in for testing and they would test its molecular structure, it would be wood like any other wood. The changes are. In Ruchnius, in Shamayim, in the way that we consider it. But in the actual physical world, laws of physics, laws of nature, the physical doesn't turn into into spiritual. That is not the way the world was when it was created. When the world was created, the world was created such that it lifts up. It lifts up, it transforms, it becomes Ruchni. And that's what would have happened. Adam Arishan, had he not done his chait, would have eventually been Zaykha to transform his entire being into ruchnias. However, Adam Arishan did his chait. And one of the byproducts of the chait, the Ramchal says, is that the guf is not as movable. It's not as pliable, versatile as it was before the chayt, and now, no matter what I do with my guf, as much tyra and yira and maisei mitzvahs and precious from my I will engage in in this world, my guf will always remain basar Vidam will be physical. That is part of the klala of the chayt of Adam and It's part of the re- result of the chayt of Adam Arish. Now, this fits together beautifully with the other change that happened with the chayt of Adam HaRishan. The other change that happened with the chayt of Adam HaRishan is that Adam Arishan became someone who dies. When Adam HaRishan was first created, he would never have died. You know that. When Adam Arishan was first created, there was no plan for him to die. For him to be a Bar Misa. Becoming a Bar Misa was a result of the chayt. Well, think about it. Based on what we just said from the Ramchal, think about that. That the guf and the neshama, when they're a very good shidduch with each other, when they can meld together beautifully, so first of all there's no cause for them to separate, and second of all they could interact with each other, and the neshama can lift the guf. Once the chet happens, the guf becomes very different than the neshama. And, no longer could aff- the, and the neshama could no longer affect the guf, and it also could no longer permanently live with the guf. The shidduch between the guf and the neshama is not so good. It only lasts about 120 years, or whatever. 70 years, 80 years, vim nimshana. You know, whatever the life expectancy is. Okay, am I being clear? Now think about this. The Gemara says on Shabbos, on Daf Peches that when Klal Yisrael stood by Har Sinai, <coughs> Posko Zuhamasa. The zuhamah left them. Klal Yisrael stood by Har Sinai, as we will in a few weeks, Behezer Hashem. On that day, Klal Yisrael stood by Har Sinai, Posko Zuhamasa. Do you know what that means? Zuhama means like filth. Like the Shmutz. Paska zuhamasa means that the shmutz, the filth, stopped. What does that mean? <clears throat> so, we're we'll trying to explain that paska zuhamasa means that the effects of the chait, the ugly effects, the side effects of the chait on the guf of an of, of Adam stopped when they stood by Har Sinai. Do you, do you know that? Klal Yisrael stood by her Sinai they went back to the madriga of Adam Arishan before the chait okay now it's important to realize there are two steps in the growth of adam step number one is to go back to the madriga before the chait step number two is then to go into elam haba and become completely Rukhni and so on they did step one they went back to the matzav of kaita Do you know what that means that means that when Klal Israel stood by Harsinai, they would not have ever died. They were back to the Madreig of Adam, they conquered Misa. So why do we die today? Because Klal Israel worshipped the Eagle. And with Klal Israel worshipping the Eagle, they returned once again to the Madreig of Adam after the Chet. And they became B'nai Misa Okay, now let's follow Was this all clear? So when Adam was created He would not have been a Bar Misa When he did the Chet He became a Bar Misa <clears throat> Klal Yisrael stood by Harsinai Paschazu Hamasa They lost the filth That brought that, that that made that the Shidduch Between the Guf and the Neshama Is not good anymore And now the Shidduch Between the Guf and the Neshama Was once again powerful and they would have lived forever, except that they worshipped the eagle, and the 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 the, the that Chius left them. So now it's now the eagle happens, and Hakadosh Baruch Hu could no longer be mashra his shchinah on Klal Yisrael the way he would have wanted to, the way he would have been able to when Klal Yisrael stood by her Sinai. So Akadish Baruch Hu told Moshe Rabbeinu, Va'asuli Mikdash According to But according to many, many Mepharshim The Mishkan was an Eitzah To be a Kapara for the Chet HaEgel The idea of having a Mishkan Is Va'asuli Mikdash Make me a place where my Shechina Could rest in Gal Yisrael Because I can't rest on them but that will be step one. In other words, Shlemy, if I can't move into your house, because you're not ready for me now, so I'm going to live next door. And that's my first step. I moved into the neighborhood. And then, Bemesha I ha'zman, will, I will be able to You'll serve HaKadosh Baruch properly in the Mikdash, and you'll do the Avaida and you'll be Zaycha eventually to be able to have HaKadosh Baruch dwell on you. That's the Diktok of the Pasuk. That Pasuk is a long-term plan. Make a Mikdash. You know what the end of that plan is? V'Sha'chanti that I will dwell not just in it, but in them. Because that was the original idea. That the Hashraah HaShchina should be here. Okay, we did the eagle. We lost that ability. That the Ashoreth should be here. So we built a Mishkan to try to bring us back. The goal of the Mishkan is that okay. the Kayhanim do the Aveder in the Beis hamikdash, and they try to work on bridging the gap between the Neshama and the guf. What's the main function of the Mishkan and the Beis hamikdash To bring karbonos. What are karbonos if not trying to be mekadesh the physical. Trying to bring the physical and the spiritual back together again. Right? That's... Okay. Why did I tell you this little piece of history? Because I wanted to explain the first mitzvah, the parsha. Emor <laughs> el b'nei lo Kaihanim have to keep away from death. They have to keep away from Thomas Mase. If you want to know why, if you want to know why the the um, the have a mitzvah that they are allergic to Misa, the Kaihanim have to they have to keep away from from Misa. It's because their function, their function is to serve as the Mesharsim of Hashem. In the place whose goal is to bring about the eradication, is that the word, of Misa, to bring the neshama and the guf back together to restore Klal Yisroh to Pascha, Masa. So that was number one, I said, was was to be informative. The first article was was to be informative, these steps. Step one, when Hashem created Adam, he would have lived together. The Neshama and the Goph fit together beautifully. After the Chet, they no longer fit together. Now man dies. After Maimed HaR Sinai, it once again fit together beautifully. zu Hamasa. After the Egel, they fell again, and now it does not fit anymore. And they're B'nai Misa, but we're not left where we started because we have this... Pesach to return to that Madreigah of Pascha zuhamasa through the creation of a Mikdash in which the Kayhanim work, and therefore Kayhanim, part of what represents the life of a Kayan is that he keeps away from Inyanim of Misa Adkan. Clear? Okay. That was informative. I want to move on. Within the same Halacha, of Tumas I want to move on to a Moser perspective that I think is very important and a very big chizuk. So are not allowed to be Why not? Because they work in the Beis Hamikdash. They're koyhanim. They work in the Beis Hamikdash. Let me ask you a question: Are there any koyanim here? Okay, a kayan. How many days a year does he work in the base Hamikdash? <laughs> two weeks. Now. His his family works in the base Hamikdash for fourteen days for two weeks. Two weeks are two different times in the year. Okay. Each individual kayan, if you look in You'll see that it's clear when it talks about if Kayadam are allowed to drink at night. So each individual Kayadam very possibly only worked in the Beis HaMikdash for two days a year. Because when you had a Mishpacha, imagine that your Mishpacha is kayadam. So there's one week, you know, the week of the second week of Kislev is your Mishpacha's week in the Beis HaMikdash. But your mishpacha is made up of several siblings with their families. Each one is given a day. So your day is just Tuesday. So that means that if you were a kayan the Torah tells you, don't be mitame l'meis for 365 days a year, because for two of those days, you're working on the Beis HaMikdash. To add to that HaAra, Nowadays we don't have a base of Mikdash. so is it mutter for kaihanim to be metame l'meis bizman hazeh? Of course, kaihanim are still zahir, even bizman hazeh, not to be metame l'meis. Yes, yes, but I'm just pointing out, just the way the hashgacha made it that we've been in gullus for thousands of years, and the kaihanim will not be metame l'meis. So I, I want to read to you a Luschen, uh, the two lashonos of the Ramban, and then I want to go into how this is very relevant for us in a very personal way and a very practical way in our serving at Birkat Okay. I want to read you the lashon of the Ramban. The, the first Ramban I'm going to read you is in the first Pasuk in the parasha. The second Ramban I'm going to read you is in the fourth Pasuk in the parasha. The first Ramban says, Loimar, the idea of this mitzvah, of Lenefesh Layitama Ba'amav, Ki Ba'avur Shehem kaihane Hashem, Because they are kaihane Hashem, And they are servants of... of, They they, they serve... The Torah says to them... That they should be noyeg, covered and gedula with themselves. I just want to... Parenthetically, I just want to remind you... um, I feel bad that you're writing... Parenthetically okay um i, I want to remind you that the, the Parshas Emer, emmer we have a messiah that Parshas emmer has a theme it may seem to you that it doesn't have a theme it talks about Parshas emmer talks about kaihanim not being metamei lames and kaihanim not being Balimum mum and karbana is not having a mum and Adlakas and the lechem aponim, and the yom and the it doesn't doesn't seem to have much of a theme but without going into detail Important to those. I heard this one from Rav Erlanger on one on one uh, um, uh, one Shabbos after on a Parshas Emor. He said his messiah is that Parshas Emor is about kavod. It's all about kavod. The beginning of the Parsha is about how the kaihanem. That's why I'm bringing it in now. She The end of the Parsha is about the mekalel. The Makalel is the one who did not show kavod. In fact, lekalel is the of the opposite word of kavod. Kavod is kaved, and lekalel is kal. Those are two opposite concepts, right? So, so um, the whole parashas emmer is about kavod. Okay, that's what he said. And I just the reason why I wanted to point this out, this parenthetic point, is because I discovered. That the word emar, which for Pashtun's means to say, although saying emar el ha is a little bit unusual, and the Torah it would really be daber, uh, usually, but but the, the word emar also means covered. Where does the word emar mean covered? The word emar means covered because in parshas kisavai, the pasuk says. Es Hashem Ha-Kadosh Baruch Hu, you did an, an, an Amira to Hashem, and Hashem did an Amira to you. What does Ha'emarta and mean? What's this Amira? So the Ramban, in Parashas Kisavah, says, we'll be heavy on Ramban this week, the Ramban says that it's a lushan of Gedula. It's a Lashon of Greatness. Okay? And Dr. Hack, I'm so excited to say this to you. And he says that that's the pshat. I'm pretty sure the Ramban himself says this. No? That that's the pshat that in the Middle East they call a prince <clears throat> an, emir. An, emir. an emir. That's a Lushan of amira. An emir. <clears throat> and in Parsha Shkalim, I found this in a Taishviz Yantif in Shkalim. In Masech Tashkalim, when it describes the officers who are appointed to be in charge of collecting the what are they called? A And the Tesis Yantif, I think, over there says that it's a Lashon of Emir. It's that Lashon of, of Aleph Men It's a Lashon. So, Emir so el means covered to the Kayanim. I have a niece whose name is Amira. And my brother-in-law asked me what on earth Amira means. I said, I told my niece, your name means princess. It's what? That's, it's Amru How does that work? The they are Mizgah. Oh, that they are Mizgah, yeah. They're Misgabel. But that's the lush of top. Okay, end parentheses. Yeah, but it was worth it, right? MR means covered. Okay, fine. But anyway, let's get back to the Ramban. The Ramban says, ugedula They should be with kavoid and with greatness um, um, uh, with themselves. And they should never become tummy. Now I want to point out that the Ramban is asking and answering a question with this sentence. Listen carefully. It says, yoim the Ramban is asking, just because you have to be Tahar to work in the of HaMikdash, why can't you sometimes be Tahay? Says the Ramban, it's not about what you're doing, it's about who you are. It's not that when you're working in the Beis HaMikdash, this to Coven, to working in the Beis HaMikdash. No, it's that if you are a Mishar Seyelikeinu, Kayane Hashem, or um, Mishar that identifies you as a certain kind of person, and even if it's been a half a year since you walked into the Beis HaMikdash, you are a person whose label, whose identity, whose mahus, whose veetzem, a and you have to act a certain way. You have to live by a certain ideal, and part of that is to be noyek kavedu gedula ba'atzma. That's the that's the first ramban, okay? It's posh that that's what the rambans Khajbin is, but if you if you want to see it even more explicitly. In the Pasuk of lo yitama ba'al ba'amav, in Pasuk Dalid, the Ramban says it even more specifically. The Ramban says, lo yitame ba'al ba'al, the Ramban learns, means nechbad. Lo yitame ba'al ba'amav means a nechbad, an honored person should not be Mitame. So he says, V'yiskav ein ha'kosuv bozeh. The Torah's kavanah over here is That it should not occur to us to say That the Azhara is just When you come to the OYAL No, that's why it says No, you, you are a Nechbad It's not just about what you do It's about who you are I was thinking about this yesterday. That sometimes you ask a rebbe what he does. What do you what do you do? So sometimes sometimes the rebbe will say, "I give a shear So he's describing what he does. Sometimes he'll say, "I am a magid she'er." So he's defining he's de- saying what he is. Okay, I'm not commenting on if there's a right or wrong there, but but that's right. You find it right. <sighs> Yeah, I never, you ever went over to a mother and asked her what she does and she says, I mother? You ever had that? No such a thing. Because it's not what you do, it's what you are. You are a mother. <clears throat> That's your be'etzin. I noticed this a few years ago. and I think it's a pelodic thing. You pick up the, the nuances of Lushin, the, um The way... I hope that Doctor Hack agrees with me. The way that a civilization or a society uses words, I think sometimes is an insight into the way that they associate with the concepts that are. Okay, so think about this thing. Um, In English, so a kala is a bride, and a chasen is a groom. Okay. So let's say you would have a neighbor, a secular, you know, non-Jewish neighbor that gets engaged. So he would tell you, "I got engaged." Would he ever say, "I became a groom"? Never. Because that's the thing. Oh, my wife went to work. She said her 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 uh, her, her her colleague's daughter became a bride. There's no such a thing. You get engaged. You do the Maisa called getting engaged. But you don't become... And once you're engaged, you have a title, Bride and Groom. But, but our circles, there's a work going on in town right now, so it's good to mention. In our circles, you become a chasen. Say this over the next time you have to speak by Shevah Brachas. You become a chasen. You become a kala. It's a different mahus. It's an identity. It's not just something that you did. It's an identity. This is nikuda is a very, very important nikuda. I tried very hard to find it before the shir tonight. And I wasn't able to. But I'm quite certain that I once saw in a letter from the Alter von Kelm about Myshe Rabbeinu when he was talking about I think he was talking about uh, one of the times that Moshe Rabbeinu got angry that there was a tviya on Moshe that he got angry. I don't remember if it was hitting the rack or by the by the by the by Midian, I don't remember, but but you know, uh, I don't remember which what it was, but I'm I'm certain that the the Aluf and says such a lushan that the taina on Moshe was. That for a few brief moments he wasn't Moshe. <clears throat> you hear? In other words, a Moshe Rabbeinu acts a certain way. It wasn't that he did something bad. Is that for a few minutes that's not Moshe? And I think for our Avodas Hashem, I think that there's a there, Rabbi. If you look at the Rabbi Yerucham in the beginning of Parshas Emor, he he. I think this is the conversation over there at the beginning of Parshas Emor. That sometimes, like you know, I, I try, I try to not speak lashon hara on Sunday, and I try not to speak lashon hara on Monday. I try not to speak lashon hara on Tuesday. Comes Wednesday, I was already exhausted, and and I end up speaking lashon hara. No, it's not. I, if if I would work on myself, not to look at my actions alone. Of course, we we also look at actions, but to look at who I am. I am not a baalashanara. That's not who I am. I am a koyane Hashem mishar alekenu. Right? mamleches I'm an Ever Hashem, and an Ever Hashem has a certain identity, and I live with that identity always. I don't have times where I opt out of that of that identity. I always have that identity. I. I, I could be. I'm not going to get to my third piece because I want to tell you this thought. Okay, um, it's interesting. Now I, I'm saying this thought, the following thought. I I don't mean it literally. I really mean it as a mussel. So don't don't be too midactic on it. I'm saying it for the mussel. Okay, but I want to say the following thing. When I was younger, I was very I was very taken by this machshava. That, I remember, well, I, well, I was a, I was a, a you know, a, a young, younger man and a, and a, a maybe even still a when Bill Clinton was president. Okay, and I remember it was a big deal at the time, I don't remember why. It was like in the news, it was in the newspapers so on, Bill Clinton going jogging. When Barack Obama was president, it was in the news, Barack Obama playing basketball. Trump plays golf. You know, each president, you saw them at their leisure activities. Okay, so I remember distinctly, I was, I was young and, and very fired up, I remember distinctly seeing pictures of Bill Clinton jogging. Now, you might be surprised to hear this, but he did not go jogging in his suit. He went jogging in a t-shirt and shorts. And it was, like, jarring to me that here you have the leader of the free world who gets up by a State of the Union address in front of both houses of Congress you know, in a suit that probably was like it on by fifteen experts, and 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 maybe his t-shirt and shorts were also haravit on by fifteen experts. It's very possible. But the point is that that okay, he's jogging, so now he goes like a guy who's jogging. And I would, in my mind, I would always contrast that with my Russian yeshiva. That no matter what, I, I I never saw them. I never saw the t-shirt and, and shorts. I never saw that. In fact, where I come from, in Berlin, the major, Shagafai and Mordechai, you'll enjoy this, the major, major wardrobe change when we went to camp was that the Rosh Hashiva would take off his heavy kapata and put on his bathrobe kapata. That was the major wardrobe change that took place, L'Kav <laughs> to in the summer. Okay? So... So I, I, I remember when I was young, that's why I was like, okay, does it doesn't mean that everyone is like that, and it's not that's not my point. My point is that there's a, there's an akuda here that when someone is a president, or whatever other public figure, or whatever it is, they're playing a role. They're playing a role, they're doing the president thing. When someone is a Rosh Hashiva, is a Rebbe, is a, is a Melamed, is a father in Klal Yisrael, they are that. avur, like the Ramban says, it, it's Be'etzim, this is who I am. I don't get a day off of being a Rosh shiva. There's no day off. This is my identity. That's what I am. There's no days off of it. That's why you see the pictures of Rebarach Beresh schmoozing with Rebar Atzal Zatzal in the forest on vacation, and they were not wearing t-shirts. They, they, Okay, so again, I don't want to be too midaktik in it, but the point is, I think for our Havadus Hashem, how valuable would it be if in addition to looking at the specific actions that we're doing, is this an appropriate action? Is this an inappropriate action that we reflect on who we are and we ask ourselves, is what I'm doing a reflection of who I am? Ya You have been listening to Ashir from ShasIlluminated.org.